Hello, everybody. Ella J here on behalf of WrestleZone. And today I'm joined by the God Queen, Delmi Exo. So how are you doing today? Hi, Ella. Uh, nice to be back on the chat with you. I am doing fantastic. I mean, you, you, my friend, obviously, we've got exciting news that just recently emerged sur- surrounding yourself, which we'll get to in a bit. But I kind of wanted to start off today by talking about some stuff that kind of led up to it. You know, basically, you recently said in another interview that 2022 was a quote, rough year for you. Now, if you're comfortable, of course, can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? What facets of last year did you find yourself struggling with? Um, so actually in 2021, I got into a car accident on Thanksgiving. Um, and it, I didn't really have like a serious injury, Yeah, but back was kind of a little messed up and roughed up from it. Um, and two, it totaled my car completely and I wasn't in a place where I could just upfront the money to pay for a car. Yeah. Um, especially because I had just started grind and I wanted to put all my focus into that. I wasn't going to exactly like be able to have the means to put myself first and get a car and then also balance financially running a wrestling promotion. Um, for the entire year, I was, I don't want to like say this in like a way to feel sorry for me, but like I was very humbled, uh, taking the bus to work and a lot of my coworkers were really sweet and like offering me rides. And it kind of put me into perspective of like, not having a means to get from like point A to point B. And I had not taken for granted that, but it had definitely put me in a situation where I was just like, man, like (laughs) I just want my freedom. I felt like I had to be so dependent on people and depending on my partner and like, just like, I didn't feel like I had like control of my own life. It felt so strict on what, my schedule was and what I was allowed to do. And I didn't take out any other bookings because I wouldn't be able to get to them. And, um, I really just like worked to make money and like save for a car. And it just felt like a never ending story. And like, it was just never going to happen. Um, on top of that, like, I feel like with wrestling itself, I was trying to build myself as a character as a singles competitor and it felt it definitely gave me like a lot of doubt with being able to stand on my own because a lot of people would just like constantly bring up the tag team stars yeah yeah and as proud of as I am of sea stars it almost felt like it was weighing me down and it felt hard to be able to be proud of something because it just felt like you couldn't do better than that um I put into perspective like whenever a band from like back in the day like you can picture like acdc if they were to put out a new album and like say it on stage like all right we're gonna sing a song from our new album the crowd's gonna be receptive to it but then they're gonna be like they want the classics yeah they're like pay back to black and i i'm so young (laughs) that i was not i'm not trying to be a nostalgia act it's just felt so it got to me a lot and it felt like I didn't have any value in the ring. Um, Grind was doing great on that end. Uh, So on that perspective, like grind is my baby. So it felt like uh, almost like a mother when they have a kid and they lose their identity. That's kind of how I felt last year. Like I felt like I was the owner of grind or a C star and I wasn't Delmi. 
Like there wasn't room for me to be myself. And then outside of wrestling, I just had that weight of not being able to, you know, oh, I want to go grocery shopping at like Trader Joe's. Like you couldn't do that. I couldn't do something as simple as that. Like I would have to, okay, I would have to take a bus here to then get here, but it doesn't take me back to my like city. I would have to take, it just felt so, and I know that's like an everyday problem that someone can go through. So I don't complain but when things are stacked like that it seems like the smallest thing can just feel so big and it's again one one instant in your life basically like changed your entire like 2022 well first of all I am so sorry that that happened to you I'm glad obviously you're okay now did you sustain like serious injuries at the time or how is your body doing physically since then um honestly because of wrestling um because we're so used to impact I think that's what helped me with it um I did like I had a lot of adrenaline when it initially happened and so I in go mode of like okay like report it okay like process all this and then um the night of like laying down that's when it finally like fell apart and I just couldn't like sleep on my back for a while um I started like rehabbing it um I have my certification in um physical education actually I have my NASM certification so I know a little bit about uh fixing my back and I was able to like compete in a deadlift competition in order to like have a goal to like strengthen my back um Thankfully, that wasn't too big of an issue. By, like, April, I felt good. Um, What did suck was the PTSD that I got from being in the accident. And, like, anxiety is something that, like, a lot of people talk about with, like, small things of, like, social situations. But for me, it was I couldn't picture myself going somewhere. Like, if I had to go to work, I started getting, like, really, like, suffocated like the suffocated feeling at the idea of like okay I have to walk here to catch the bus so then like go here and it just felt so weird like if I was in a moving vehicle I would start doing this like holding on like turns and stuff like that if I saw like the driver who was driving like they're good drivers but like if I was just in a car and I could feel them braking like I just could not look at the road and I honestly was like i I don't think I'll be able to drive again because before the accident, I was already getting overwhelmed with travel with wrestling yeah, and feeling like, I don't want to be in a car. I don't want to be traveling so much too. It can get like overbearing. I can imagine. Yeah. Especially like, um, if you're outside of the tri-state area and you're trying to get to like a venue, like Ridgefield park crossing that George mm-hmm. Washington bridge is an absolute nightmare. Like, it just, it's a nightmare. I don't understand going to Worcester. uh, Kelly Square is a little bit better now, now that they have the roundabout. But I remember back when it was a free-for-all, it was awful. Um, So, like, things like that were starting to pile up. And then once the accident hit, I was just like, I think my driving career is done, which was awful because I was like, that's the only way I can, like, do things with my life. I don't live in, like, a big city that's, uh, like New York, like you don't need a car. Um, but like where I live, it's, you kind of need to get places with a car. 
How have you coped with um the anxiety? I like you said you don't like. I mean, you're still traveling a a little mm-hmm. bit, but I I did notice even obviously your matches kind of. Most of it was just at grind, basically in your backyard. So you've lessened your appearances yeah. a bit, like the second half of last year. But how have you kind of been coping with the PTSD and the anxiety of it all? I'm sure it's still an ongoing thing for you, I can imagine. Yeah, it's gotten better. Um, I will say significantly better. And now that uh, I do have a car, I just got a car in December. That's good news. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So since then, I've been, like, trying to practice driving places that I'm not used to. Like, um, Thursday, I went to five different places in one day, which I know that sounds crazy, but it's, like... No, you I've, start small. Yeah. Build it, like Build it up, yeah. I was comfortable driving to and from work, uh, and I was comfortable driving to Rhode <laughs> Island, my mom, because I know that route. But if I have to drive somewhere where I don't know what the parking lot looks like, that can be an overwhelming issue. Um, But Thursday, I was able to drive to five different places. So that's progress. It Um, is. Here, in order to start helping, I started running. During the summertime, I picked up running um, and hiking. And that kind of helped. You get like a runner's high. And so that was something that like, felt very therapeutic going outside and like getting vitamin d helps (laughs) a lot they say a lot of people who are like vitamin d deficient suffer from depression so like if yeah (laughs) if you or someone you know (laughs) does have that issue i definitely recommend like putting the phone down put the screens away and like go outside and like even if it's just like 10 minutes like do something outside it's really rewarding I, I mean, I myself, I work from home, so I don't honestly leave myself, my house a lot and I don't drive either, but that that's my own doing. So like, I can relate on that, that level of like, you know, I don't drive either. So I can imagine though you, your work is elsewhere though. Obviously you have your, what they call the shoot job too, as well. But I know <laughs> at, at least a lot wrestling wise, I assume kind of a lot of that might have to do with why you felt like you weren't going to do a lot at the beginning of this year when you were looking at the scope of 2023 you said that you didn't feel like you were going to do a lot obviously that's changed since then but would you say that that's kind of a fair assessment to make why you felt you weren't going to do a lot based on everything that happened last year and kind of 2021 um I felt like I wasn't going to do a lot because a lot of the connections that I could have made the year before weren't made um kind of like with wrestling if you're not in the ring you're kind of forgotten yeah there's so many wrestlers out there that it's so competitive especially nowadays and so because I didn't have such a strong 2020 uh going into 2023 I felt like well it might just end up being the same thing like I'm gonna have to hustle for bookings not that it's a bad thing but I'm just gonna have to like reach out everywhere and see if anyone will take a chance on me because that's what it is is that someone could look at me and be like oh I didn't hear about what she did last year so why would I bring her in which is fair that's a fair assessment to make um however what did definitely help me and like bring my confidence up was my match with Emi Sakura that match means like so much to me and uh having her like give me like so much um like advice after the match was just like insane like we got to the back and she was just like 
oh my god like you're perfect and i like wanted to start crying because i just ah like <laughs> now but like it just felt so like worth it and like after having such a hard time like i just i didn't have a lot of confidence um in going into the match like I know a lot of people probably like doubted that I should have been in the ring with her. But like having her. I'm sorry. It's okay. Take a moment. But like having her say that and having her just like say like, like your drop kicks, one of the best I've had, like I've taken, like you hit so hard. You're not afraid to get hit. Like, her just telling me like why aren't you on tv and like in my head i'm just like i don't ever think i'm ready like i just don't i didn't feel like anyone saw it and i didn't see it um but like yeah <laughs> i i again i feel like a lot of people including myself can relate to that you know that that self-doubt but obviously you also got some valuable feedback there from Emmy Sakura, wrestling freaking legend. So I hope yeah. for you, you know, in that moment, like to have Emmy Sakura to praise you. I hope that was, you know, I know we're all like humble and sometimes even me, I don't, you know, I don't take like compliments. Well, it's like a weird thing, you know, I'm sure you can relate yeah. to that. But what was some of that uh, feedback? What, what else did you learn from her? Obviously you got some good compliments, but what else did you take away from that? Um, I think something that like really hit home was that just like, I was so nervous to wrestle a match. Um, and in my head, I like couldn't remember everything that we called and I didn't feel like we called a lot but my brain was just so like scared because I was wrestling someone who was like one of my heroes but my body has been trained to do this and so like going out there like everything fell into place because if you put in the work like that's like uh, a basketball player on his worst day he still knows how to shoot a basket at the end of the day and so it's kind of what it is it's like you know you can do these things like you your body knows how to do this you've trained for this like you can't be afraid like forever and like take a chance on yourself uh I just think it was like really like eye-opening um so many people like came up to me after the match and people still do to this day and it's just like I don't think I've actually ever like spoken to anyone outside of you about how much it's meant to me um, so that's why I think I cried a little because I just like, I was at work, like it was for grind. So I think I wrestled a match and I was just like in the back with her for like half an hour, maybe like just like having her like go over each and every part and like putting me over and like just really proud of the match. And she was just like, that was my favorite match of this year. And it just felt so surreal because I'm just Del me. Like, I'm not a girl who's, like, I don't come from, like, the best wrestling school. I don't, like, do all the TV dark tapings. I'm not someone who's, like, you know, super indie darling or the next in line. I just felt like I was just Delmi, and I didn't have an identity last year. And so, like, ending it off where, like, your hero is telling you, like, 
go out there like you could be doing so much in wrestling right now it just felt like that's what I needed to hear isn't it crazy how like for me on the outside looking in yeah I felt like you know people have off years sometimes but even just seeing it I feel like you are one of the constant names I feel like you were you have you you have a lot of experiences that a lot of people don't. You have obviously yeah, you have some TV exposure, you know, on multiple platforms, AEW, Impact, you know, MLW, all of that to go around. I feel like you were really people know who you are. You know, we all get in our own heads sometimes though, but whenever I hear about you, all I hear is good things about you. But again, nobody really knows our own personal thing that we have going on. So uh, but you work hard and obviously you've earned it now. We, we'll get into that in a bit. But you mentioned too, you know, last year was obviously a rough year as you described it, but there was one positive thing that came out of last year, which seems like you became more comfortable with your body, which is a huge feat as a woman and as an athletic performer. So can you kind of yeah. tell us a little bit more about your journey of getting your body in that direction, like you said, that you were finally proud of? Um, so I think I actually did talk about it with you a little bit in our first interview where back in wrestling, like it wasn't okay to be like a girl doing your makeup in the locker room. When I started, yeah. you got judged a lot. It was like, oh, you're not taking it serious because you're, God forbid, you're like doing the makeup part and like looking like a girl. And so me already naturally being like a tomboy, I like took that and then I went even like further and like. I kind of just gave up on how I looked at shows. Like I was always comfortable. I mean, I like didn't put an effort into how I look. Um, I didn't really like, I like ate healthy and I worked out, but it's not like I was like confident about the way yeah. I look like. At a point where I was like, yep, yeah, this gets me through with wrestling. Like I can lift people up and I can like, do all the things that I physically need to do, but I didn't feel like a woman. Um, I didn't feel like a girl. And so like, I think last year towards the end and then getting into this year, I feel more like happy and like proud to be a female. And like, I've never been one of those girls of like, I am female, hear me roar. But now I'm like, you know what? No, I'm a girl. And like, it's like a huge like thing for me like now I'm like trying to like buy more like clothes and like do my makeup for work do my hair like I've been like um on a like this stupid little thing that I'm doing is I'm like trying to buy everything pink <laughs> so like I got a pink charger because I needed to replace my iPhone charger and I was like I'm gonna get a my pink. charger's literally pink the lighting can't tell but these are pink headphones too I've, I've yeah. been getting more pink stuff too go on <laughs> <laughs> That's been my, like, thing that's, like, kind of, like, pulling me. It's so weird. It's pulling me out of, like, this, like, fog that I was in about my, like, sexual identity where, like, I didn't, I wasn't proud to be a girl. I felt like it, it was such a burden. Yeah. It well, just felt. Especially in this, the male-dominated, like, the yeah. inherent, you know, like, stigma or, like, male-dominated industry doesn't help that anyways. So I, no, I, I get that. It felt like because I'm a woman, I have I'm like preyed on. Because I'm a woman, I don't get serious. But because I'm a woman, people assume I'm dumb. Like it just felt so annoying to be that that I just wanted to like not come across as girly as 
much as I could like no take me serious like please take me serious but like now I'm just like no you should take me serious but I'm also still a woman like (laughs) it just feels like I've noticed uh too with like when I get emails from men (laughs) the way they like write things out is very just like abrupt and to the point and there's never any punctuation so it's like okay well I will respond as grammatically correct as I can not like polite but just straight to the point as well it's the little things like I mentioned that get to me like I feel like women's tone in writing is just so friendly yeah I feel like a male's tone in the business industry it's just like so like I don't care and I'm just like I wish, I wish, you know, I wish I could do that. I'll elongate, I'll just send, I don't know how to explain it. Just like multiple words, you can't get straight to the point. I wish sometimes I could just get like right to the point. But it, <laughs> yeah. You want to be like as careful about like- Delicate, what, yeah. You want to make sure people understand and that our tone's not like aggressive and that like we're communicating properly. But then other, like, and I'm talking about men in like, the business industry because work like shoot jobs yes like, they're just so like meh <laughs> like, I just, i've been on a very like and i'm always like so funny to my partner because i'll like see something like a tiktok of like people making fun of the way like men are and i was just like oh i hate men and i'm like not you you're yeah. fine yeah but um yeah There's- i've been on like high uh with like my feminine energy and like just like embracing all the things that are female you know that's a I know we've done a dramatic shift I'm so sorry I made you cry by (laughs) the way we've done a dramatic shift but you know that itself is growth too obviously before MLW2 approached you I know you had aspirations to go back into bodybuilding and you were and I mean you're still actively trying to prep but that's largely been delayed a little bit but what sparked your move to go back into bodybuilding um so in 'm sad again I'm sorry <laughs> and um I really 20... didn't mean to <laughs> in 2019 at the end I like competed for my first show yes I was going I knew I was already gonna go away to Japan for marvelous in January um my <clears throat> father gotten diagnosed with stage four cancer in December so a few months after my show my show was in October I believe and he was sick between that time and I guess I had blocked this out but my boyfriend remembers because he was just like now that I'm getting back into he's like well you're like probably at a better like point in your life right now and I was like what do you mean and he was like your dad was sick the whole time that you were prepping and like that kind of was like off for you and I didn't remember that anymore but Uh, When I left for Japan and I came back home, I ended up only having like a week with my father before he passed. And so I kind of blamed the sport a little for taking away like the family time. I kind of blamed wrestling and like being so focused on bodybuilding for taking away time away from like my family that I could have just spent with them. Um, Like a lot of wrestlers complain about how like, we miss a lot of days with our family. Like we miss birthdays, holidays. Um, there's a lot of shows I'll see running on like 
a holiday like Mother's Day. I'm like, why? Like, go away. <laughs> because it just makes me so, like, upset because I would have, like, four years ago, I would have taken that booking and not thought twice about it. Um, and I remember, like, skipping out on, like, family dinners because I was on bodybuilding. Like, I was prepping and, like, it was so important to me. And now I, like, for a while, for, like, maybe three years after my father had passed, I was just, like, no, I'm not gonna, like, prep and stuff, and that did, like, end up messing with, like, my, um, body, like, I gained a lot of, like, unhealthy weight, and I lost a lot of muscle, but I think I needed that time to heal and, like, be able to just live life and just, like, oh, we're going out drinking, like, okay, I'll go out and hang out with my friends, or, like, oh, okay, like, I'll eat a birthday cake, because I wouldn't do that, and, like, this bodybuilding prep that I'm doing now, I feel like I'm trying to have, like, balance and, like, not, like, t I'm taking it serious. My whole diet's on point, but I'm not, not going to events because I'm on a diet. Like, I'm not making it other people's problem that I'm on prep or I'm not taking away from other people's time because I want to do this. It's less selfish of me this time around I think that's because I'm a lot older and I'm a lot more mature than I was when I was 22 yeah I feel like too that I that itself is growth too and obviously again plans have changed but at the beginning of this year when you were kind of in that uncertainty phase where was your head at in terms of what you wanted to accomplish obviously you you have and still do have pro wrestling grinds that's probably one but at the start of this year what were you hoping to do personally and professionally as you're kind of getting yourself back on track like we were talking about um so I had after the Emmy match, I was trying to think of, like, what I should do. She had told me to reach out to AEW, but I wasn't really sure about that being, like, a next step for me. Yeah. Um, I wasn't looking to do TV. I, knowing that she had told me, like, oh, you're, like, you're ready for TV. Um, I kind of wanted to, like, build a name on the indies so that way if I did get a TV opportunity, it wasn't like they could just ignore me. Like, yeah. I wasn't going to go in to do, like, a match and then it's like okay next week like it's just a flash in the pan is the term I wanted to kind of like I want to say AJ Styles because it's not that big of a level yeah but when AJ Styles showed up at WWE you knew who he, who he yes. was so like I wanted to be at a level of that where like I can show up on TV but you know who I am I don't want to be like someone who just shows up on TV and gets squashed um and so that was my thought and I kind of like threw out this big goal I'm like I'm gonna wrestle 100 matches and I was like counting up <laughs> like I think that's doable <laughs> if I do like eight a month that should bring me out to like mm -hmm. uh I'm not gonna be able to hit 100 matches <laughs> spoiler alert but in setting that goal I did come across like other things so I have my bodybuilding show that I'm prepping for um I don't know when it's scheduled for because that's going to be determined on my coach um and then with grind I am like focusing on the women's division this year and like trying to build up that which last year we did not have our dates in advance and so when we did reach out to a female talent they were already booked yeah because they get booked out so far it's insane um so now we can actually like message talent like three months out and like 
lock them in. Um, and then MLW had reached out to me for their tapings. And then from there, that's when the whole contract talk yes. started. But obviously you mentioned pro wrestling grind, which the last time I talked to you, you were just getting grind off of the ground. And now that, you know, grind has surpassed its one year anniversary back in October. How are you feeling? I know you obviously you help run it, but for those who don't know, can you kind of give us a little bit more insight into your exact role of operations? Yes. So I would say me and Rip are both booker and promoters because we both like split the role. I do a lot more of the promoting just because it's something I'm a little more like hands-on with yeah. and kind of like does more day of like with setup and like running the show on then. Um, it's such a well-oiled machine right now. I think because the people that we work with, we've known since like we've been wrestling yeah. in the beginning and like we have people like Tony D who's does a Tony D joint. I've been, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been friends with him since like WWR started and we were wrestling there. So like uh that's always cool to have him. It's just such like a family. Like everyone has known each other for such a long time and everyone does the best at their role. Like our cameramen are some of the best cameramen that I know. Our sound is the best sound that I know. And now he's like moving on and doing lights. And so like everything just like comes together on show day so well. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> but basically just how are you feeling about like grind getting itself off of there and like you're adjusting to new roles and all of that. How are you feeling about grind as a whole? I feel so good. We just had our like first show of the year this Friday. and. Yes. Our pre-sales were like the best pre-sales we've ever had. We basically sold out the venue. I can't imagine where else we could have fit fans, but <laughs> I'm willing to find out. <laughs> um, it just, it feels so good running something that like gives back to wrestling. Like a lot of our wrestlers have been able to use their matches from grind to like get better opportunities, yeah. to make connections with like other talent. Um, The talent that we fly in is able to like bring in our talent over there and like put in a good word for them like everyone's benefiting off of like the connections that they're making and like that's what wrestling's all about is making those connections and like learning and like having those better matches to get you onto the better stages and I feel like too I mean starting up a new promotion has to have its challenges you're kind of adjusting to a new role as booker I'm sure like agent basically everything so what have been some of the biggest challenge in starting up this new promotion and how have you handled them um I would say like with promoting when I no longer had a car that was kind of really challenging for me it was because I'm so hands-on with like old school flyering yes. and not having a car like I would walk <laughs> like I would walk downtown Northampton I would walk downtown East Hampton there was one time like and it didn't matter what the weather was like it would be like raining it would be like super humid and I would just be like with my backpack like <laughs> like dying um there was one time an Amazon worker like caught up to me and she's like man you're like on a roll today <laughs> Just following the path. Okay. Yeah. So sad. But I, it was something that, like, meant so much to me, and I wasn't yeah. to do it. Like, our 
all of last year, I felt like we were hustling to get people into like the seats. Um, there was just like this like plateau where we couldn't get people in the door. I think we would like get like 70 people in on show day, like if that. And like, don't get me wrong, like the crowd was great. The crowd that would show up was like very well educated, very respectful. And so I'm so thankful for that. But that would kind of like leave you a little bit defeated. Like, oh man, like <laughs> what are we doing wrong? Like we're missing something. Like yeah. It just felt like basically like you have a product and you're trying to get it to sell. And yeah. so if you end up with like, you you make 20 cupcakes and only eight cupcakes sell, you're going to feel a little like sad and disappointed. So like the product was great all of last year, trying to get it to be sold was the hard part. It's kind of a trial and error thing. I imagine, especially in the early days, like experimenting and like marketing yourself is so important in like anything you do. And you were kind of adapting on to a new role too, but you've been booker slash promoter for you know, about a year and a half, year and five months now. Has being in those two roles changed your perspective or impacted your thinking or approach to other aspects of wrestling? Because I know some people, sometimes it's hard to get out of like that booker or promoter approach, I feel like. um, I do think because I was a wrestler first. Yes. Just try to like be fair to the boys or like, and the girls obviously, but the boys is just like a term used for wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always try to be like fair to the boys in terms of like who I'm putting them against and like what opportunity I'm putting them against. Um, I don't like squash matches. That's like a normal thing in wrestling. So like, that's oh, yeah. I... <laughs> that's just something that I wouldn't book. I wouldn't waste someone's time doing that like to them. One, it's also, like, not good for people's confidence <laughs> unless they know and it's, like, TV and, like, they know because they're signing up for that. But, like, on an independent level, yeah, if it's not someone who's a student, I just don't do it. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and then things like travel, um, missing certain dates. Like, Travis couldn't do a date and he was just so apologetic and we we're like, yeah, man, it's all right. You told us ahead of time that you were still like on and off on if you could do it. So we'll just like replace you. It's fine. And then he was just like, again, I'm sorry. And we're like, oh my God, like our promoters mean about you have to pull off. <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll find someone to replace you. You know, it opens a spot for someone else who probably wanted yeah. the book. Don't worry about it. <laughs> There's like some things like that where like mm -hmm. can be like very like scared of a repercussion. And I'm just yeah. like, I don't care like i'm so sorry i'm running late like well, as long as you're safe yeah safe. <laughs> yeah i feel like too it it helps you kind of have that wrestler first mentality you've like worked your way up whereas some people don't have that experience as a wrestling booker and then just like they have like other business stuff that's not wrestling so i feel like it, that's kind of a good mergence to have you have that experience as like like you said you've humbled yourself as a wrestler and now you're going into it you know you know what yeah. it's like yeah there's also like um things with like the internet and like marketing like i know like sometimes i've been in group chats with like a promotion and it's just like they'll kind of not yell at the talent but scold the talent like you guys should be promoting the show yeah i do agree with that but at the same time like sometimes <laughs> like a wrestler could just like forget true like yeah they have like 
eight other bookings this month. They probably are just promoting as the weeks are coming, like KO game. Okay. Yeah. So not so much as like they're like malicious about it. Like, I don't want to promote that show. Like, whatever. They're just like they could just be busy, you know? It's so like what I do is just like I'll send the important things to be retweeted. And like for the most part, grind's just talking to itself on the internet. <laughs> and it's like, okay, share this one. But then one out of seven, like you don't have to share. Or like yeah. Six out of seven, you don't have to share, but like this is the one you do share. Yeah. And like, but I think stuff like that, like when you like get mad at the locker room for like little petty things, it's just like, why? Like, it's not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> but if for people who are going to maybe attend Grind or thinking about it, how would you describe the vibe of Grind? What can people expect from a pro wrestling Grind show? Uh, it is very much like a different world you walk into the pulaski club and it's not like any other wrestling show there's not just a ring there's not just like a curtain set off like you walk into grind and you look like it looks like its own product and that's something that i'm really proud of we made the early on investments which is nice because we don't ever have to like worry about like owing money on like the barricades or like the ring like that's all our stuff um grind is its own like entity like it looks like its own like iconic environment i wanted something that like stood out from everything else and like i think that's what grind has done thankfully and it shows because we get so many resumes on show day like people start posting the setup and like our dms just get flooded with people who like see it and they're like i want to wrestle there and that's cool because it's just East Hampton, Massachusetts, <laughs> you know, but people want to come here and like, that's sick. I like the Massachusetts area just itself is a huge like hub. There's so many amazing promotions and obviously it's basically in your backyard, but we're talking about pro wrestling grind. You were alluding to earlier that obviously you're trying to grind your you're grinding to carve your own name as a singles competitor you don't just want to be like you said a nostalgia act so since you've kind of adapted to this role you still do some tag team competition every now and then but as you've adapted to more uh frequent repetitions in singles competitions what changes or growth have you seen in yourself or your work you think um definitely like the way i put together a match now um, I always knew the way to call like singles matches and yeah. how competitive it could be. But now it's just like on another level where it's not like the regular ABC formula. And I think it's because of grind and because I had to watch such a high level of talent. Like there would be some shows that I would just take off because I just thought like, okay, there's gonna be too much to do on show day. Like I'm not gonna have time to call a match as well. Um, and so having to watch like a whole show of grind live, it just like excites you and like your creative brain just like goes to a higher level. Um, that's something that like, I'm really excited about because now like when I call a match, instead of saying like the simple things that you learn when you first start, like arm drag here and like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like now I'm at this level where it's like, okay, tease this, sneak out of this back like different things like that all the transition pieces callback pieces like stuff like that it's pretty cool it's hard to explain but like it's hard to explain because i know you don't like 
put together matches. Yeah, <laughs> like- I, I've seen, I've been there before a show though, because I was doing media for an indie show during uh, Mania weekend last week. So I got to see firsthand though, what they were doing in the ring before do- doors opened and all that. Yeah. So that was my first time, like seeing them, like try stuff in the ring, like talking over, we're going to do this spot, this spot. So, I mean, I was, I was actually going to ask you this later. I was curious to know your creative process or approach for those instances where you can you don't you can the script is looser you can do more with that so that Mm -hmm. kind of answers that a bit that's interesting yeah I also always like something that I always go into is I don't really like start calling what I do first like a lot of people go into a match and they're like okay well I want to do this 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 and what I do when I call a match is kind of like the McFoley approach where I ask my opponent like what do you have like what what would you do here and then I add something to change it so it doesn't look the same as their last match that they had. So instead of maybe a drop kick that they do, it's slip out of this, push me off, I'll hit the ropes, come back, drop kick. And that's like a very simple example. Yeah. I but just something like that so it looks different. So if someone who has seen their work doesn't see like, oh, that's that spot. It's a different take on a spot that they've done. Yeah, and I feel like it. Inc- I'm curious too. How much? Again, I again, I don't book matches. I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> but obviously, that's a lot more of the physical action too. How much does the story? Again, some of it is improv, of course. But how much of the like storytelling aspect do you plan ahead of time? Typically, um, for me now, I think I do call all of it if I'm someone who will take control in the middle act then I do not call what my control is because my controls I might call one thing that I'll do to make sure they're comfortable with taking a move but my controls are very simple and like very connected where I'm not leaving my like him on them or like it's something simple where like I can just do or call to them in the moment um but then if I'm someone who is like on the first act like that's where most of my offense is and then I do the comeback section then I'll, I'll call like all of it just to make sure that they're comfortable with taking a move and that they understand how it works like yeah transition because like um Friday the guy who I ended up wrestling he was trying to remember how to do the swing around for the northern lights yes and he was getting a little bit confused and I was also confused because I was like I do this exact move so I don't know. You're like it was weird. It was like a mirror. I was like, wait one second. Let me do it to you, and then I'll be able to tell you because I couldn't remember which arm I should be because I remember which arm I would grab of his. Yeah, but it was funny. It was one of those things like I do this move all the time. I don't know how to explain it. Let me do it real quick. <laughs> I feel like, and obviously, it's blending all those aspects together. Wrestling is one of those like unique sports, you know, where it's like theatric performance but also like the physicality but you know we were talking about this singles run as you've been embarking on that came along with a new nickname as well the god queen so what prompted this moniker or does it like hold any specific meaning to you i'm very curious um so during the pandemic i got into like suzuki and bruiser brody um yes Rip, my partner is a huge fan of Bruiser Brody, like a lot of people probably know. And so I just started watching those matches, and something that they called them was God King. And that just sounded so cool to me. It was like, whoa, that's like next level. And so um, that kind of was like a subconscious thought. 
And then post car accident in January, I knew I wanted to come back into wrestling and have my own singles run. Yeah. Want to do something that would be so similar to Sea Stars. And if I just stayed with one of the boys, then people wouldn't distinguish it. So I knew I had to be a heel, like a villain character, because if I just came back, I would be like the happy-go-lucky sea star. And so I needed something that sounded like aggressive and confident and like, this is me. And I remembered God King and I was like, well, let me just feminize it. And so I started running with that. And at first, like a lot of people were like, what does that even mean? Yeah. So what, (laughs) how do you interpret that? Um, I still would like, uh, Eric Bugenhagen. I'm a huge fan of his like YouTube videos. He does a lot of workout videos and he always like, it's a mindset. (laughs) So I started just saying that like God queen, it's a mindset. It's not like, um, if someone to do like a God character, they're like, yeah, from the heavens. It's not like if someone were to do a queen gimmick, they're like, Oh, I'm from the city. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm just a badass and I'm confident. Like, it's a mindset. Like, I'm the number one. And you're portraying that right now. Even just talking to you, like, through your journey, throughout all of that, I feel like you've slowly gained that confidence back, you know, and you can see it in your work. And obviously, you've been earning these opportunities. But obviously, as the God Queen has taken over the reins, you've also ushered in some new sets of ring gear including your gorgeous uh shiny silver one which by the way I'm in love with so what is there a certain inspiration or story behind that gear specifically um so I started switching to a two-piece yes because I'm more confident about my body good <laughs> that is I'm I'm happy that you were saying that out loud Delmi <laughs> um and then when I started doing god queen the little crown symbol on my yes. trunk is actually like the jughead crown if you look it's just like a little subtle yeah. detail so it, it has the little circle and the thing for the pins that he has mm-hmm. um and jughead is such like an outsider character and he's like the weirdo and stuff like that so i like to keep that there because now i'm just a confident outsider <laughs> it, i'm still tell me who is always like like quiet you know shy person but the with the little halo above it, it's like I've leveled up in who I am and I'm confident in who I am. And then the font that I have, um, now I switched over and it's the Naruto font for God Queen. Because that's like my number one favorite anime. Yes. It's just it holds such a strong place in my heart. <laughs> um, and of course I just wanted to like layer a bunch of random stuff because that's how like Joshi wrestling. Yes. Billy Billy Stark's perfect example. Yes. Yeah. But that would bother my OCD. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. It, it it, your stuff is all one color. It's just there's different patterns layered in there, like subtle patterns. Fair. That works for her. Um, but if I had to, because I make my, all my own gear, yeah. if I sit there and sew it, I would like freak out and go crazy. Just like need to walk away from it 20 times. So I just wanted to like layer. I ended up doing different types of fabric material instead of doing like, different colors and patterns 
Yeah. And as you kind of alluded to, you certainly have leveled up, you know, we, we've kind of danced around it, but obviously there was the recent news that you have officially signed to major league wrestling as you hope to make your own mark on the women's division. Of course, you were there during the part of the early days as they're molding their women's division. So what enticed you or drew you into signing with MLW now? Obviously part of it, you know, you were recuperating from a lot, but why was now the time for Delmi XO to make her mark, her true mark in MLW? Um, I think because they offered me as a singles competitor. And that was something that meant a lot to me. Um, when I was reached out to work with them, I it was for a tag booking initially yes. and informed them like um, about briefly, like Ashley being out with injury and just me working as a singles for this year. And so they seemed uh, hesitant at first, I think just because on paper, that's the spot that they had. And they were like, okay. And then it ended up coming back and it was like, all right, singles opportunity. And then as we talked through for the contract, it was just like, okay, like if there's ever a time to be able to take a chance on myself, now is the time. And I do like how free MLW is with, the talent being able to put together their matches. Yeah. John, it doesn't... John, Johnny Fusion was saying that they're not, um, they don't micromanage is how he put it. Yes. They definitely like, they understand that like, Hey, we booked this person because we know they're smart, like ring wise. Like why would we try to dictate that? And that's something I'm like really appreciative of. And obviously you're here now. What does the God Queen hope to accomplish in MLW next? You're there. We The first time we saw you, you know, you were still with the Sea Stars. Now you are here as the God Queen, as a full-fledged singles competitor. What do you hope to do in MLW now? Oh, I'm looking for that belt. <laughs> That's a nice, a nice women's title. Um, I think it'd be crazy. <laughs> to like to go all the way and like get the world women's championship um that'd be insane goal for me i've never held i've never held like a prestige title like that and i haven't held the title in quite some time so i am looking to you know take advantage and like be on top of the division and like i firstly we have to recognize obviously the current MLW featherweight champion Taya Valkyrie she's been holding on strong I want to say since last May it was so she's coming up on a year about obviously we got you in the mix now though but I mean Taya is one that I believe you've worked with before and I if you haven't I know you've crossed paths you had to have crossed paths sometimes because she's everywhere but I'm curious obviously Taya's been holding down the fort a lot for this last year you know as kind of people come and go, but you're really one of the first signees officially. So basically what are your thoughts on Taya's run in, in MLW? I think Taya's such a star. She walks into a room and you just like are mesmerized and your eyes gravitate towards her. Um, she's someone who's like always been super professional and super nice in any locker room that I've been. And I've been around her since I was like the greenest. Yeah. <laughs> And she's always treated me, like, really nice and, like, super respectful. Um, her having the belt right now and her being the one seems so cool because she was there during the Lucha Underground days. And so she goes back with a lot of the people in the company. And it just feels so cool seeing that evolution of, like, 
her being such a top female in the lucha industry and i know mlw is really huge in like lucha wrestling and so i really respect that especially being like mexican-american like i don't have such a huge lucha background but uh the respect that she has for like my culture and my people like i really appreciate that and to kind of close things out you know we've had we've had we've had quite a talk here obviously taya valkyrie has been holding down the fort but we've seen a lot of newer faces popping up too as well we mentioned billy starks was one obviously becca Mm -hmm. has entered into the phrase well who i know you are very familiar with up in the new england area so if you yourself though right now could phone in any free agents to test the waters of the mlw women's division who would you like to see and why Ooh, that's an interesting thought who would i like to see i would definitely like to see jordan blade get in the ring yes the submission sniper he's a killer um and she would do great like they love cat that's catch wrestling is one of the items that yes. they do love in mlw i know she's in alex kane's like group right now yeah. but it would be like actually like show what she can do um trisha door has been there before yes. i would love to fish at mlw um and my girl brooke valentine i love brooke um she would also kill it she's got such a strong hard-hitting style and she can just go with anyone jordan and brooke are uh tag champs now at another promotion that i know you're coming up at that i work at so i mean i mean they might even be able to make they can go singles or tag team wise so they got a couple of options i would love to see them in there trisha dora has been at mlw a few times i know she contested taya valkyrie recently so hopefully we get to see more but you know you my friend you should be really proud of you know the entire whirlwind the last two years of your life i feel like how are you feeling now that you i feel like this has to feel really validating for you you know you've been wanting to carve your name as a singles competitor has it really hit you yet you know that you're kind of making your strides and you've accomplishing a lot of the things that you've been well you're you're on the brink you know we'll see more of you but has it really hit you do you think i think it feels exciting and I feel, like, actually motivated to be able to, like, finish everything that's mapped out. So, like, yeah. everything written out that I have to do this year and I just have to show up and put in the work. And that feels so much better than last year where I had very little direction and yeah. I had nothing to look forward to almost all the time. And so, like, this just feels great having, like, that control and, yeah. again, feeling like I'm capable of doing things. It seems like the beginning of, you know, not a not that you like need a redemption story, but it, it kind of it kind of is in a way, you know? Like a hero's journey. Yes, <laughs> yes, a hero's journey. Yeah. You you know, you fall up, you fall down, but then you get back up and you right now are just just starting to get back up. So I feel like that's a, a perfect way to end it. Delmi, before we let you go, can you please tell the listeners where they can find you on your socials? Yeah, so my Twitter and Instagram are the same, and my TikTok, which I just started, um, at DelmiXO, that's E-X-O, and you can also follow Grind at GrindPuro, that's P-U-R-O. Don't, that TikTok is a rabbit hole, I will admit, um, but it is fun. I can't say I've delved into the, into the content creation side, but it is really fun to scroll. So follow her on TikTok. I'm interested to see what you have coming out. Obviously, Pro Wrestling Grind, MLW, The God Queen. Delmi, thank you so much for chatting with me again today.